it's good to be together. And uh, actually, it's quite cool in here, but I'm conscious it's been a hot day. And there's, you know, also, uh, we've got a kids' church at the moment. But, so I'm not going to be too long. But um, I just want to read a verse which is found in Matthew, but also found in Luke. And um, it really is building upon uh, what we just feel is the direction of the ministry over these next few weeks. And you won't really need to turn to it, but if you wish to, it's in Luke 11, where Jesus is teaching on prayer. And, of course, it's a parallel passage in Matthew 6. And uh, in Matthew 6, he was particularly sort of emphasizing the fact that um, these disciplines are not about show, which they were for the religious people of the day, they're about heart. And he says that when we come to, 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 to God, we must remember that he's a father and that, that his name is to be hallowed. And then he goes on to say, your kingdom come. In the Matthew version, it goes on to say from that, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just want to remind you that um, a few weeks ago, we, uh, we had uh, David Hine with us at the beginning of June, about five, six weeks ago now. And uh, we were still at Field Mill at that time. And uh, David just brought a great uh, input to the day. He really gave himself to ministry. And in the evening, he, um, he was speaking on the Father Heart of God, which is one of his life messages. It's a life message because um, it's something that he has appropriated in a very, very deep way to his own heart and found some healing. And uh, we need to continually remember that because we live in a fatherless generation. And, uh, and God wants us to have been reminded in an amazing way that he is our father. But before he did that, if you remember, he brought this strong prophetic word. And we've sort of listened to it since. And it probably went on for the best part of 15 minutes from Acts 18. And he encouraged us to really be uh, open for all that God wants to do in the future. And how many of you know that when you're on a journey, sometimes you need some encouragement to keep going. Yeah. And... Uh, that is what prophecy does. It does many things, but one of the things that prophecy does, it cheers us on to keep going. And this journey of Arena Church Mansfield is very nearly three years old. I don't know where the time's gone. It's been a wonderful journey. It's been great to sort of pitch up on a Sunday night, but more than that, for it to spill out into other contexts, which we're developing all the time, and there's so much more to come. And uh, of course, during that time, we, we just started with a few people at Mansfield and and we, as you remember Christian saying, and he said several times since, we committed to the long haul. We had people prophesying in inverted commas to us that it weren't going to last more than a few weeks, that it was this and that and the other, and we were going to fail and all those sorts of things. And even hor- more horrible than that, which I won't go to. But the reality is we're still going, and God's blessed. We've got people here tonight that have got saved on the journey. We've got people that have found a spiritual home. We've got people that have been baptized. We've got people that have been touched by God. All here tonight. Fantastic. And the reality is the word of God's been ministered. The worship's been free. We've reached out to God and it's been a great place to be. And as I've said to Christians on a number of occasions, in my joys of being in other contexts on occasions, you need to know that I'm part of this journey and Arena Church pours out of me. You know, um, in the sense that I'm so glad that whatever I'm doing for ALG is part of being part of a local church. Otherwise, I'd be a theorist. I'd be talking about what I used to do. Thank God I'm talking about what I'm doing. And it's, it's completely different. So I, I do that as a leader, but also as part of the band of the journeying people here in, in Mansfield. And so God's been doing great things. And when David came, it was a cheering on message. It was recognizing that we're at a pivotal time. It was, it was um, 
it was our, our last evening in that building. And uh, we, we were moving into something new. And of course, we've taken many gulps to bring us to this place. If we can use a boxing term, we've punched above our weight on so many occasions for us to be here tonight. And people have been incredibly sort of supportive and sacrificial. And we thank God that we've got a great boat to fish from. And uh, it's going to get stronger. It's going to get better. And God's going to do some great things. How many of you know that God's positioning us for a great move of God? He really is. Uh, where this town, friends, sees something that it's never seen before. Where some of the clouds that sit over it that, you know, have been of uh, despair and, uh, and discontent. Where sometimes he's been quick to make a jive about Mansfield from outside. He's, beginning, he's going to change because God loves this community in an amazing way. And so it was a cheering on message to see that over this next season, and we mentioned three months, there was to be a preparation. A preparation. Now, you, you've seen all these walls painted. And, and I used to know a guy years ago in, in Jacksdale, Stephen Linmay, no, Ray Shaw, because he around Normanton, and he was short by name, but also short by stature. But Ray was a wonderful painter and decorator, and, uh, and uh, meticulous. And he did a little bit of decorating for us when, not long after we'd moved up to, uh, it, to, to Jacksdale and everything. And I remember he, said, he says, Phil, it's all about preparation. You know, he says, you want to get in there and slap the paint on. He says, but just be patient because I know what I'm doing. And uh, if we do it right, it'll stick. And, uh, and his preparation was incredible. And uh, preparation so vital, it really is. In a sporting context at the moment, there are teams sweating buckets of sweat. They're running up and down. They've got bleep tests and all sorts of things because they're getting prepared for a new season. Our Ryan was, he's like a cat on a knot, Tim Roof, he loves football. He said, when are we going to get some football back? It's a Friday. He says, we've not. I said, mate, it's just three weeks away, you know. And, uh, but the prepar- there's preparation. I remember flicking through the channels on the TV once and coming across Phil Collins preparing for a concert in Hamburg. And it all started in a warehouse in Brussels in Belgium with just himself and a few other people. And then it went from there to there to there to there. And he pulled the band together. His music clear is incredible. So he'd listen to the band and say, no, no, that trumpet, fourth, no, we're not doing it. You've got to do it again. Until he got to the place where he could be in front of 80,000 people in a great stadium in Hamburg and know he was ready. So preparation. And we don't like preparation at times, even in the church, we want to dive straight in. Come on. But God wants to do things. And God's been doing things, but now we're in this next season of God opening something up for us. And part of it, collides with us having the building and uh, so David was encouraging us about this preparation and also about declaration that is to come and he said over this next three months as you prepare speak about the kingdom of God speak about it and then Christians signposted to write this declaration so we're going to get one or two folks that have got the gift of evangelists to come in and really minister the good news. People that have come from broken backgrounds have been completely transformed by the power of Jesus and now are ministry gifts to the Christ. It's going to be in Mansfield in the autumn. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great place to bring people, declaring what God is doing. And you've heard Andy tonight say that during this summertime, it's so, I've seen churches switch off. A friend of mine once made the wonderful decision to close his church down literally for six weeks. He said in, in the middle of July, see in September, you know, it was all this thing about, you know, you can chill and do a coffee on it. And when he got back in September, I says, what was it like, mate? He says, never again. Because I completely realized I sucked every bit of momentum out of the life of the church. 
And I understand, friends, that church is not defined by services. An arena church will never be that. But there's something about gathering points. There really is. There's something about praising. So there'll be two ins and froings over the next few weeks. We understand that. People going on holiday, etc. The kids off. And all of those sorts of things. But we want to be very intentional to keep bringing a season of preparation and declaring the kingdom of God. And we're going to use one or two of the folks from the church as well to bring some aspects of that. And Christian's been laying it in over the last two or three weeks and really sort of thanking for all that he's done on that. This message, which I've caught, I sort of prepared for a fortnight ago. And, you know, I never got here, as you know, because of various reasons at home that we've navigated over those days. But I want to just speak for a little time about, in the sense of the explanation of the kingdom. I'm going to just a couple of points that I just want to make. But you may remember that when Christian kicked this little series off, he talked about the words, the wonders, the works and the ways of the kingdom. So, you know, that we speak the words of God, that we believe that the wonders of God will break in, that we do the works of the kingdom. But actually, we live the ways as well. It's about discipleship. And Jesus, friends, was impassioned about the kingdom. It was central to his teaching. If you read in Mark's gospel, one of the first things that Jesus spoke about was the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 1. And also it was the burden of his ministry. He healed people. He set people free. He ministered to the poor. And it says on numbers of occasions that that was an expression of him bringing the kingdom. And then also he sent others to carry the kingdom message. In Luke chapter 9 you'll read about him choosing people and sending them out with the message of the kingdom. Could have read all those verses tonight but I've run through it just to save a little bit of time but Jesus was impassioned about the work of the kingdom and then if you get to Acts of the Apostles you read in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 about a declaration of the kingdom and you see it working out all through those 28 chapters and when you get to verse 31 of chapter 28 which is the final verse of the Acts of the Apostles the book with no end again you see Paul declaring the message of the kingdom and the kingdom's lived on ever since Sometimes it's gone, gone, gone very cold in certain areas. But the Acts of the Apostles, to some degree, is never finished. We still live in the days of the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdom of God is still being declared. And then we come to Jesus encouraging us in prayer. In Matthew and in Luke, as I've spoken about tonight, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, The reason I just want to give a little explanation tonight is so often the kingdom's been misunderstood. For instance, well, we're not part of them kingdom all people, are we? You know, no, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. All right, so, but sometimes people are sort of frightened of using the words. And and then, of course, one of the things that people have fallen into the trap is that the kingdom's future. You know, that somehow it's going to be some spaceship that's going to drop from the sky. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And here's the truth, friends, and I say it very carefully. If you think the kingdom's future, you want to get out of the now to get into the future. And that was the problem with many of our types of churches. In other words, we refused to recognize there was still a mission to do because it was, can we get out of here quick because we don't like it so that the kingdom can come. But the kingdom's already come. And the job of the churches, friends, is to declare the kingdom of God. If I can say very sensitively and carefully tonight, I believe with all my heart in the second coming of Jesus, but there's still a job to do. 
There's still a job to do. Matthew 24 verse 14 and says, and this is the message of the kingdom, that it will be declared to all nations. That word nations is ethnos. All ethnic groups. And then the end will come. Did you know, friends, that there are still about 3 billion people in the world, what they call the unreached groups, that have still never had a clear presentation of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's about 40% of the world's population. Even with modern technology, there's still a job to do. And the reality is this, that God wants us to get on with the job. We live in the light of his coming. But the fact of the matter is that he wants us to press forward and declare the good news of the Lord. So what does it mean? What does it mean, the kingdom of God? Is it, is it, it, what is God saying? Well, the reality is that in 1 Corinthians 15, we see in the resurrection chapter a fulfillment of Jesus' rule. There's a day coming, friends, when God's going to say regarding the earth, that's it. I'm sending Jesus again. And the day of grace as we know it is coming to an end. I don't waste time second guessing when that's going to happen. I really don't. I know it's going to happen. I live in the security of it without fear, Christian. And then I get on with what God wants me and I believe our church to do. Which is to do all that we can to usher in the kingdom of God. There's a verse in uh, Peter in... Uh, in uh, another translation that talks about a hastening the Lord's return. The way that we can hasten his return is to continually submit to his will and bring about his purposes in the earth. But there is a day coming when it will come to a fulfillment and God will rule and reign in entirety. No more opposition, no more darkness, no more sickness, no more sin. Just the rule of God. We're not there yet. But the truth of the matter is that God wants us to press towards it. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 8, it says that one day earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covered the sea. And someone says that if this is God's desire, it must also become the ambition of the church. If God's desire, friends, is that the knowledge of the Lord would fill the earth as the waters covered the sea, then it must be that our ambition is to come alongside that and to believe for it to come. So kingdom purpose intertwines with God's. Luke 17, 21 in the New King James Version says the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. The ki- really? Yeah, the kingdom of God is in you. So, and then we need to realize also that we're only ever talking about one kingdom. Some people said the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are different. They're not. In Luke 15 and 14, the prodigal son said I've sinned against heaven and against you you need to realize that within a Jewish culture they couldn't use the word God they still won't do in orthodox Judaism today so they would replace the word heaven with God I've sinned against God and against you and he turned unto the Lord the English word kingdom speaks of king's dominion in the New Testament the Greek word therefore kingdom is basileia. It simply means rule or reign. The kingdom of God is simply this, friends. It's not about territory or domain. It's about rule. And the kingdom of God simply comes when the rule and reign of God exists in our life. Someone said these words. Where there is a heart that is surrendered to the claims and demands of Jesus Christ, Christ the king, there is the kingdom. 
Someone else says to pray for the kingdom to come is to pray that we would submit our will to his and put it into action in our lives. As Christians, as the church, we are the vehicle that carries the kingdom. The church and the kingdom are not opponents. The church, friends, is the vehicle that receives the kingdom of God into our lives. If we can't submit to the king's dominion, who's going to? If we can't yield to his rule and reign, people on the street certainly aren't going to. We come to a place as the church of Jesus Christ in this fallen world to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And as we do so, the kingdom begins to to touch society, to touch community, to touch nation, and yes, even to touch the nations. We need to realize, of course, that it's contested for. There is a kingdom of darkness that's been built upon rebellion. If I can say it carefully tonight, the enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, doesn't just sort of stand back at times and say, hey, isn't it great that bunch of Christians that have pitched up, they start off at Field Mill, I tried to put them off, I tried to put a few bombs in the way, but you know what, they kept going. And then they had this crazy idea that they were going to buy this building in the middle of town. And I sort of sold seeds of doubt into the leaves and thought, you've got to be joking. You're never going to afford that. But you know what? They've kept going. And they bought this place. And they've moved in. And then I thought they'd get discouraged when they saw the size of the task and knocking it about. So, but they kept turning up and painting it. And they started the meetings in there. And I'm getting worried. Because they might impact the town. Yeah, that's why we're here. And he'll contest for it at times. And he doesn't come running through the door with, you know, a a tail and a fork in his hand. and. But he tries to sow things in our hearts at times that would seek to say, okay, we'll we'll, we'll just ease back. He tries to stop you simply going forward at times. He tries to bring you to a place of complacency or apathy. So I won't bother Before you know what you've happened, you've lost grip on what God wants you to do. And I want to encourage you tonight, friends, to resist the enemy. Because the Bible says that when we submit to God, to his rule, and resist the enemy, guess what? He flees from us. Some of us are trying to resist the enemy without submitting to God. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I tell you, when the enemy tries to come... And undermines at times, he gets pushed back because we're yielded to what God is doing. Friends, that's not just about Christian or me, that's about all of us. We need a unity of the body in this journey like we've never needed before. And you know, one of the things I've loved about our journey over the last three years is that unity has been so easy. It really has. Oneness, encouragement, people getting it. It really has. And we've had to guard that and encourage it. But we need each other like never before, living under this passion of seeing his kingdom come. If I can just repeat again, we're not praying to be taken out of it, but we're praying that the kingdom will break out from us into everyday life, infiltrating, impacting, and influencing where God has placed us. And secondly and briefly, who will the kingdom affect? I mean, try to explain what it is. Simply the rule of God in Jesus over our lives. King Jesus, we submit to you. Your kingdom come. Who will it affect? Well, it will affect you and me. Someone says the kingdom of God is personal. It demands the submission of ourselves to his will. 
And that my heart and life would be given over to the desires of his. And then the kingdom comes. It's not about legalism. It's not about rules and regulations. Because Romans 14, 7 says the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink. Which was a reference to legal rules that they were setting. But it's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And sometimes, you know, people say, you need to tell somebody to do that. And what about that? No, no, no. What we encourage them to do is let the kingdom come. Because when you come to a place of submitting your life to King Jesus, the Holy Spirit is well able to tell you which ways to go in your life. And you know something, friends? There are clearly some things that are wrong. Because they're taught in the Bible and the Holy Spirit will encourage us. But there's lots of preferences in life that have nothing to do with sin. They're simply that. And it may be something not for you, but it is for somebody else. And that's cool. That's fine. As long as we're not doing anything that would push back on the kingdom. And so we want to press forward and it will touch all of our lives in Jesus' name. I just want to briefly mention to you that some two or three years ago, as we were laying in foundation, you may remember we did the, the whole truths of Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we entitled it Raising the Bar. And uh, because the reason for that is that Jesus was speaking to people about the kingdom. Matthew's gospel is an emphasis on the king, Mark the servant, John the son of God, Luke the, 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 the servant of God. So often you'll read in Matthew about the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because Jesus was savvy. He was trying to reach people that were from his own race. And he understood if he used the word God too often, he'd push them back. So he, he was wise. But it was about the king and the kingdom. And these people were under rule and reign from the Romans. They were sick to death of the Romans. They were sick to death of paying taxes more than what they should. They were sick to death of oppression. They thought, this guy's going to come and set us free. But they thought he was going to do it politically or militarily. He says, no, I'd like you to sit down on the hill. I want to talk about the kingdom. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that they shall be filled. Blessed are those that mourn, that they shall be comforted. Blessed are those that are persecuted for my sake. Really? Is is this what we need to hear? Do you know what, friends? It was such a radical message. It transformed the world because we're still talking about it today. And he went on to say in those verses that you've heard it say this, but I say. He raised the bar. And he talked about things like purity and integrity and honesty. He talked about the attitude of our heart. He talked about forgiveness. He talked about sacrifice and inconvenience. He talked about love. He talked about our motives and our priorities. And maybe some of those things we'll have opportunity to spill in other contexts during the next few weeks He talked about fruitfulness and he talked about foundation. You can read it all there. Amazing, amazing words of people that yield their hearts to Jesus. This Christian faith, friends, is incredible. It will dig deep into our lives. I've written in another place today for something for, for leadership that if we want to move on, guess what? God wants to move in. He wants to change he wants to change us. He wants to shape us. You know, very often we say, we need a God to move. Yeah, well, are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'd like to start with you. And God wants to continually come to us. And here's the truth. It was a liberating message. It was a life-changing message. It was something that the world had never heard before. 
And when we yield to the words of Jesus, then we truly do live free. It starts with you and me. And as it starts with you and me, it starts to flow out from you and me to touch other people that need to hear the kingdom. Did you know something? The kingdom's going to touch people this week and they're not even going to know it. But they're going to feel it. They're going to sense it. You're going to talk to people this week and there's something about that. There's something about that, Alan Turner. Don't know what it is. It's the kingdom. There's something about that, Steve Hobbs. Don't know what it is. There's going to be people, friends, sitting at their dinner table at night and the wife's going to say, have a good day. Yeah, I met this bloke today. There's something about him. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's, it's the rule of Jesus. You never even mentioned the gospel. You never even mentioned Jesus. You never even quoted a Bible verse. But the kingdom's flowing out of you to influence people far more than you ever realize. And I want to say there's lots of people close to the kingdom, friends. I really believe it. They're really close. They're really close. And they just need to come across people that are carrying the kingdom. It's going to draw them to a place where they can make a decision to say, yeah, I'm going to submit my life to Jesus as well. Don't underestimate the power of your influence. It is incredible. You just keep being you. And if you live under the rule of Jesus week after week, you will inevitably touch other people's lives. Sometimes without even saying anything. It will just pour out of you in an amazing way. And so I want to encourage us to be really stood over these next few weeks as the word of God comes to us. Responding to the prophetic word through a good servant of God that's a friend of this church. To be in a real season of preparation. It may seem unspectacular. It certainly has dust in these walls before we could put a coat of paint on it. It may seem to take a bit longer than we'd like. But I want to tell you, friends, it's going to bring us to a place of declaration that's going to see the kingdom breaking out to the right and to the left for the glory of God and for the praise of his name. I want to encourage us tonight as the body of Christ here in Mansfield, great people that have pitched upon this wonderful journey to say again tonight, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We used to sing an old song that says, Sovereign Lord, we look for your rule. In the earth, establish your own dominion. Let your kingdom come, your will be done.